live in a world that struggles with feeling busy and overwhelmed. At the same time, us mamas want to feel we're living intentionally and with purpose. At the end of the day, you won't have to sit worn out on the couch feeling like it all just wasn't enough. Here, you'll find the tools to slow it down, nurture your own goals, and live restored. Each week, we have real-life conversations about motherhood, work, relationships, and all the things in between. I'm your host, Jen Brazil. Welcome to the Unhurried Life Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Unhurried Life. I am so excited to chat with you today. My name is Jen Brazil and I am your host. This week we are sitting down and talking with Eliza Hippler, who I had the wonderful honor of meeting just a few months ago and I was extremely drawn to her strong, bold, and energetic personality because she reminded me of somebody that I know. We happen to be the exact same number on the Enneagram and she is just full of life. She runs a photography business where she helps other business owners get consistent photos for their brand. So she's a brand photographer. She helps navigate through the world of social media and giving her clients the content they need to post. But what we get to sit down and talk about is social overshare and how to protect your kids and respect them on social media, as well as protecting yourself from just different scenarios that could happen. In today's culture, it tends to be easy to overshare or to share at the wrong times. And that's just something that our generation hasn't really had to deal with yet. So it's very interesting to hear somebody talk about this whose life is basically social media. She gives some great tips for being safe, but most importantly, how to enjoy the moment and not get lost behind your phone. Because I don't know if you're like me, you see a precious moment happening, unfolding right before your eyes. Your kids are being sweet. They're smiling, waving at you in the yard. And all you want to do is just capture it and take pictures and videos, but you might actually be missing the moment. Now, on to our wonderful talk with Liza Hippler. Hi, Liza. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, Jen? I'm doing great. I am so pumped that we are sitting down to talk today. You just have so much amazing things going on in your life, and I can't wait to hear all about them. I'm so excited that you asked me. To be honest, it was so fun to meet you at Blistum. Awesome. Okay, well, first, tell me just a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today and what you're doing today. Sure. Um, I think like many of us, my path to what I'm currently doing as a brand photographer and brand mentor and educator is not linear in any way. Um, but it all feels like it was meant to be to get me here. So, um, I got my first camera when I was 13, which is a really long time ago now. And, um, I started shooting then and I really loved it. And I would, I would shoot friends. I got darkroom equipment with confirmation money and I would go home in eighth grade and try to develop photos, which were horrible, but it was really fun. Wow. Where was your dark room at? My parents, I'm an only child and my parents let me use our laundry room. Oh, okay. That works. Yeah. Yeah. It was neat. And I got, I got 
all the stuff to develop color film, which is harder. And I had zero patience for like the timing or the temperature. I think that's why I really love digital. And a lot of people are switching back to film and I'm like, no, digital is just so nice and quick. Um, so I was shooting, I would shoot all through, then I shot all through high school. I shot for yearbook and then, but I always said I want to be an actor. So I went to USC for theater and, um, I had my camera with me. Like I have photos of me taking photos behind the scenes. And I would, after I graduated, I did headshots and I would take pictures of like all the people that I was in plays with and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, acting didn't pan out the way that I had envisioned, which is totally fine. And my husband and I met in LA and then we moved back to Nashville, which is where I had gone to high school. Um, so we moved back here and I had been shooting all film and I kind of stopped doing it for a while because digital started coming out and I was like, I don't really know what this is about. It's not really what I'm focusing on. So I left acting. I started a tech company, which was going to be like a better Google, Google reader it was going to be like for all mom blogs. And I was doing that and I was still shooting. Like I would just still be shooting. I don't know why no one ever turned to me and was like, Hey, FYI, you've been doing this for a really long time. You should, you should consider it as a career. And so in 2009, when my first was born, I picked up a digital. Um, and this is the point where a lot of family photographers, um, especially like mom family photographers pick up their first camera. So I re-picked it up when my first was born and I was like, all right, let me figure out this digital thing. And I just kept shooting. And then three years ago, I was like, I love this. I think I want to stop doing everything else that I'm doing. And my family was like, go for it. It really is true that business can stem from doing something we love, like picking up a camera to take pics of your little ones. Make sure that you head over to Amazon or to my website to grab the book, Creative Business Startup, Empowering Women to Start a Small Business from Home. This book was made specifically for the mama that wants to profit from her passions. A creative outlet can be life-changing for your family and you can learn to run a business while still running a household with joy and living unhurried. So like I said, head over to jbrazil.com slash shop to get it on audiobook or Amazon to get it in a printed version. It's really cool. I tried a few other things. I really like family photography, but it was really earlier this year when I stumbled across like a brand course that it's kind of changed like the trajectory of everything that's happening in my life right now. Explain what brand photography is. Yeah. So brand photography is taking pictures for any person or business that has an online presence, which should be everybody, right? If you have a business at this point, um, that people can use for consistent posting on social media they can use on their websites they can use for consistent visual photographic look across all platforms okay so how if you do or don't have a business what is something you recommend to do to get consistent visual social media presence that sounds yeah. so official and high tech <laughs> 
<laughs> so um, there's a couple key things. And I actually, um, I just ran a two week challenge about this and pre-sold my course, which is all about DIYing your own brand photos. So it's really about knowing your brand and knowing your brand voice and knowing your ideal client. And we really need to think about photos. So I know you said either, either way. So it's different. If you do, if you're just personal, you can post whatever, because it's just, it's just friends and family probably who are following you. But if you're trying to build a brand, even if it's personal brand, even if your brand is like, you know, I homeschool and this is my family. I want to share it with you. You need consistency. And it's about thinking about them differently. So personal photos are very different than brand photos. Brand photos speak to your ideal client. They're not just like, I took this cool photo. Um, and you need to know your ideal client. And then you create what I call your badass brand photography profile. So you basically create a list of rules that you will shoot around and they typically cover things like the type of light you will shoot in, um, the type of colors that you will see in your photos and any other, any other rules that relate. So for example, some people who have a product like purses or jewelry, they might decide that you'll only ever see them in a natural environment, meaning you'll only ever see someone wearing them. You won't ever see them in your feed, like on a white background. So it's really just about kind of creating these rules and shooting that way. And then finding like a filter or a preset that looks natural, but kind of gives it like a professional polish and that will help it be even more consistent. Okay. So as you're taking pictures for your business or just personal life, how do you kind of feel the, and I know not everything's going to be completely balanced, but how do you sort of get the balance between have I been behind my phone too much? Am I missing the actual moment versus I need to get this shot. This is precious. I don't want it to pass by. I'm glad you're asking me and not my children. They'd be like, there is no balance. She was always on her phone or always behind a camera. I've been yelled at a lot recently about this. Um, I, you know what? I don't have a great balance. I don't. And that is something that I'm working on, which I think is kind of typical of this generation, but I also feel like it's just kind of typical also for those of us that are kind of like visual, which to me is like, if I didn't get a picture, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, no, the memory's in your brain. And I'm like, but how long does it stay there? <laughs> like for real, like how many things have we forgotten already? Um, and so I kind of get like, I got, I got to capture all of it. So I'm trying to do more. Like if I'm out and something is cool, I will take a picture and I'll be like, okay, now I will put my phone away. So I might get like, here we are, we're doing this thing. Let's take, let's put the phone away. And honestly, sometimes it's like an internal struggle. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do? Um, I just try to like, look, I just try to look and be like, okay, what is happening right now? Like, look, what is important right now? Now, and even sometimes when I'm not doing it, my brain 
will be like, oh, but you want to pick it up so bad and you want to take this picture and it'd be so pretty and you could post it and then you would have it forever. (laughs) And then I realized that I'm not even being present. Like, even though I'm not on my phone, I'm not being present. Um, So honestly, just kind of like hugging my family, like just physical touch is really big or like taking a big deep breath. Um, A lot of times, especially with my younger one, I'll just kneel down and hold her hands and listen to her. And it automatically starts to like slow my breathing and there's more space in my thought patterns, if that makes sense. And um, so that helps, like just looking into their eyes, like physically moving away from whatever technology I was doing. And um, that makes me feel better. Do you find that to be true when you're working because do you work from home yeah yep when I'm editing and working on my course and all that stuff yeah unless I'm shooting I'm pretty much working at home so do you find that to be true when you're trying to balance being a mom and working that if you need to kind of wrap it up it helps to have that physical touch and that connection with your kids yeah absolutely and even just like to break away. Like I have a couch in my office and my little one will sit there (laughs) and on her iPad and she'll be like, can we snuggle now? Can we snuggle now? now?" And I'm always like, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And finally it just has to be something in my brain that just says, get up. Cause the work doesn't end. And I love what I do. Like I love what I do. (laughs) So I'm always like, but this is so fun. And then I just like get up and then I just go over and lay down and it's funny. It's like my, just moving myself physically, like internally, my body's like, huh, okay, new mode. So I'm going to back up for a minute because we skipped over. Tell me about your kids. Tell me about your family. I have two girls, ages nine and six, and an old 16 and a half year old dog who's my office buddy. Um, and my husband and my husband and I met in Los Angeles doing improv comedy together. So... We have a fun time. So do you have any good jokes? <laughs> Is that like the question you get asked? Yeah. And there, yeah, make me laugh. It's more of like a roll with it. Less. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Less like, here's my funny joke. I mean, I have some good knock knock jokes when I work with kids, but. <laughs> okay. So how do your girls spend time with you while you're doing your business? Do they ever come on shoots with you or are they aware of your passions for photography oh they're well aware my sitting right in front of me is a paper book that my daughter made for me she modeled it after if you give a mouse a cookie and she called it if you give a mom a camera oh my gosh that's a bestseller and it's yeah I yeah I I need to take pictures of it she just gave it to me yesterday I need to share it with all my photographer friends (laughs) yeah they're totally aware they're they're always like what do you want for your birthday? A lens, a camera, a light? Like they don't really know exactly what's happening, but, um, yeah, they, they watch it all. It's neat to see like what pieces of creativity they're getting. And it's also, I think the thing that's kind of neat in, I really don't feel that it's really been the past few years that I'm starting to step more and more into my creativity. Like it always just kind of seemed, I don't know why it always just seems silly to be like, I'm creative. It just, it, 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 it almost seems like another way to say like broken lame, <laughs> like creative equaled like broken lame. And, um, and 
it's been recently that it's just like, oh no, I like, I have some gifts. Like I was given some creative and like kind of businessy gifts and like realizing what it is to step into those and then seeing creative things in my kids and being like, you know, no one really took me that young and was like, now push here, now push here, now push here and see how far you can make this bubble go outward. So I feel like that's been pretty neat to be able to kind of do that with them. Okay. So backing up to when you said a lot of things happen for moms when they have their first baby, as far as cameras go, what advice would you give a mom who doesn't necessarily have to start a business with their camera, but has a desire for that creative outlet and has a camera or is getting a camera, what would be some of your first words of advice to give them when learning how to shoot, when learning when is the right time to shoot? Well, let's see. I mean, there's A, so many things they can do on their phone, but if they wanted to get a camera, um, I would get an intro camera and start playing with it and just start maybe finding some, some like kid photography groups and start kind of just seeing what, what style they like, or just going on Pinterest photography group is going to be nice. Like some beginning photography groups. Um, cause you can share and get some feedback. There's also a really amazing educational site that I've learned so much from called click and moms. Um, and they have all kinds of free resources. They have a conference, they have a magazine. Um, and it's really, it's mainly moms learning how to take pictures. Um, and then other than that, I just, just keep snapping away. <laughs> like just, keep, you know, move your kid around, take some pictures, move them to another room, take some pictures, see what light you like. It's not about the camera. Like everyone always talks to about like, Ooh, the iPhone 11 has such a great camera. It's like the difference when people say it's a great camera, it just means it captures more detail it doesn't mean it's going to make your photo great if you don't know how to make a great photo. Um, so it's really just about practicing. Just play, just play and don't, and, and no pressure. Don't put any pressure on yourself. Okay. And so then after you take these pictures and you're starting to kind of learn for that mom, who maybe just had a baby or just got a camera and has kids or even someone who has a business and has a nice camera and is kind of working on getting consistent photos how do we decide what is appropriate quote these days <laughs> mm -hmm. these days to actually put out there and share on social media without going over any lines yeah without being too vague so image wise like photos of your kid wise it's really a personal preference I work with some clients who are like I will not put my kid's face. I work with some clients who are like, I don't want my, I don't want my ideal client to know that I have kids. So we, the kids aren't even in the picture because their ideal client doesn't want to think about them having kids. They just want to think about them paying attention to them. I have some people that are like, I, and this isn't just brands. I'm just using them as a, they're still families, right? They're still families deciding what they want on social media of their kids. And I have some that are just like, just the back of their heads. That's it. And then some who are like, 
their face is okay if it's kind of blurry or far away. And some that are like, I will post my photo of my kids all the time. <laughs> and I think it's just a personal preference. I mean, when, when we were at Blistem, I, so I had gone to the earlier Blistems, which were like 2010, 2011. And, um, Allie who created Blistem was standing on the stage this year. And she was like, do you guys remember when we all thought our kids were going to get stolen because we put their picture on Instagram? (laughs) And it's like, yeah, like we've realized that we can do that and it's okay. I will never post my kids school. I will not tag the dentist or the orthodontist, um, which some people do. I also don't put these things on my cars. Like I don't put their names on the cars. (laughs) I also tend to refer to my kids as the big one and the little one. I don't do it super on purpose, but I don't put their names out there a ton, even though it's really easy to find their names. Um, but I definitely keep off like where we frequent, I don't put that on there. And then I know like I'm, I'm nearing the age, like my oldest is nine. And so we're just about at that point where I will ask permission to post something. Um, and even, even sometimes my six year old, I'll be like, do you mind if I put this on Instagram? Can I talk about this? And I think as they, you know, younger, when you're just a mom and it's just your story of being a mom, that's fine. Your kid doesn't know anything, but as it becomes, an experience or a memory or a lesson for you and your child, I think you need to talk to your kids and get permission before you share anything. That's a great point. My my oldest is five now, and he's probably getting into the age where he understands and knows a little bit about social media. And he would he would probably actually think it was cool if I asked him if I could post about this. He'd be like, yeah, sure. Who are you going to tell? Like, Yes. Yeah. Sometimes my kids will request it. Like my daughter will be making something. She'll be like, can you put this on Instagram? I'm like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I needed something to put on Instagram today. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's so fun. Not posting in real time is another way to just kind of be like, yeah, we're here. (laughs) And probably also by not posting in real time, you're allowing yourself to be in the moment. Yes, yes. And then go back to it and reflect and think, what was it about this moment that made me want to take a photo that made me want to share it? Yes. Yeah. Or even like a video and then saving the video until later when you're by yourself. Yeah. I actually, um, I got to work with a really big brand, um, last week and the mom is like, always posting and I saw her a lot during the shoot just like filming her kids and doing all kinds of stuff and when we were done I checked social media to see if any of it was on it and it wasn't yet she went in that night and then uploaded everything okay yeah yeah I think that's important that's something that I definitely try and do when we're on trips and stuff I try to I mean get videos and pictures and stuff but there's just something about that extra 10 or 15 minutes of sitting on social and posting it that takes away from the moment that you're actually in. Yeah, that's a really great tip. Okay, so right now, what are some things that you do either in work or just personal life or being a mom that you would say is possibly a little bit different than the rest of the world, but that it's working for you? Oh, gosh. I feel like I don't know. Some days I'm like, man, I am just totally different from everyone. 
not everyone, you know, I feel like Bliston was like my tribe. Right. Um, just being like, I don't know, just being like goofy. Like if I, like, for example, I don't know, voicing like insecurities or like if I, fall or something like if I trip like I'll just turn around and be like did everyone see me trip was that, was that me tripping yeah it was really fun like I just don't I just I just I definitely am a little extra in a lot of ways like even yesterday I was walking around the neighborhood with my dog and you know some people go for a run and I can't run because he's 16 and a half so he doesn't so I was just doing like knee lifts like you know like running in place like high knees high knees high knees high knees sounds like Heine. <laughs> and then um I do that too like I'll just say like like I observe things a little bit differently and I'll say them out loud so I was doing Heine's and then um when he would stop to smell stuff I would just start doing squats <laughs> and I was like I feel like people would look outside and be like what is she doing and then I'm like but people run through the neighborhood so why can't I sit outside and do some squats you're working out differently than the rest of the world <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's working for you. Yeah. I'm just loud. I'll talk to a lot of people. And I I also tend to kind of like, I don't know, just, I just make jokes at a lot of places. And I think some people are like, woo, she's a lot. What's your Enneagram number? Do you know? I'm a seven. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. Because I was like, all these things you're describing <laughs> sound, <laughs> sound like a seven, but I'm not, I'm not going to make a judgment. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like seven plus creative plus visual. Are you wing eight? I am a wing eight. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that also means I tell everyone what to do, but in a really funny way. <laughs> yeah. That's my thing. But my wing, my, my six wing kicks in. If like my kids get sick, then I think we're all going to die. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so it's fine. We'll let it go. Okay. So right now, what are some things that you do or how do you find time to rest and be restored because working from home is hard it's hard to create a separation between life and work and there's just a lot of times where you can get caught up in always doing so what is something that you are doing to rest typically I guess it's not really rest but I make sure that I I go to the gym three mornings a week. And so that's, and I've made it just three. Like I haven't done four or five because three is manageable. It fits in my schedule and it doesn't become overwhelming. So I just make sure I go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And I've been doing it since January. It's the longest I've ever been consistent working out. And I think it's because I just gave myself permission to do three days a week. And I also gave myself permission if my body is not feeling it, which is normally like cycle time, right? If my body's just like, we don't feel like doing a major workout today, I will just do a slow yoga class. And I've finally gotten to the point where like that counts for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, so I do that. I, you know, I have to say, even though I don't take a lot of like chill time, I feel like just in the whole process, I've become very good at listening to my body. Um, And if my body is a little like, Hey, we're feeling a little rundown. I will take a break. I won't wait until I get really sick. What do you do to take a break? Um, I'll nap. (laughs) I might nap. I just, I might not work, um, as many hours that day. And it's not like I work like 
a ton of ton. I mean, I start when, you know, kind of my kids go to school and then they come home and go out to play, which is nice. So I have time afterward, but I'll just like, I'll just end early or start later or just take more time to make some smoothies. I typically, um, don't work a ton on weekends. I know the easier answer is like, well, I work and then I stop at this time. My goal is to be done at four because my husband gets home at like four and my kids go out to play till about six. So I'm like, man, wouldn't it be so cool if I was done and I just got to hang out with him? Yeah. So aligning your schedules. Yes. Yeah. So that's my goal. But I think one of the reasons I don't have a lot of like, I work and then I stop, I work and then I stop is because I just kind of go at like a steadier pace. I don't kind of go at a crash and burn pace. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Overall. It's kind of like whatever the hybrid of the tortoise and the hare would be. (laughs) Yes. Well, Liza, thank you so much for these tips. This is great. I'm so glad we got a chance to talk. Yeah, this was fun. I love when I get the chance to talk with a woman or a mom that started a business originally from a passion that she just loved. Something like picking up a camera to take pictures of her newborn little baby. One thing that is always the same when I'm talking to a mom that started a business from home, she always starts off by saying, I always used to love blank, but then I turned it into a business. And I am here to tell you that you don't have to have the but then in that statement. You can do both and you can do both beautifully. You can be a mom you can have a business. In fact, I wrote a book called Creative Business Startup, empowering women to start a small business from home. You can get it on Amazon. The audiobook is on my website at jbrazil.com slash shop. And it's one thing to have a fun hobby, but it is a whole other thing to profit from your passions. I want to help you ensure that you're doing the second one and you're doing it with joy while still living unhurried. And that is profiting from your passion. So go on over, grab that book, Creative Business Startup, and follow your passion, follow your dream, and have a guide there to ensure that you don't ever lose that passion. Oh, and P.S. Next week, specifically the very next episode after this one, is a very special day that you don't want to miss because, well, I'll just leave that as a cliffhanger. And you'll have to tune in next week to find out why that day is so super special. Until next time, I will see you on Instagram. This is Jim Brazil with The Unhurried Life.